say about this whole industry actually and i say this as an academic it, i'm just sort of particularly aware that some of the really culpable parties in all of this obviously it's the the venture capitalists and the the bastards who are kind of building these companies in the first place but they always or they tend to have an extremely highly paid um, academic psychologist from you know yale or harvard or somewhere like that who is willing to completely prostitute their reputation in favor to make huge amounts of equities and mm-hmm. and and and, and payments and so on uh, to say to, to, to you know endorse this kind of stuff by some sort of spurious thing about this is backed by science I mean that's mm-hmm. where loads of these kind of happiness apps and so on one of the ways they market themselves is hey we've got science this isn't just some kind of bullshit mm-hmm. from Silicon Valley or um, Cambridge Massachusetts we've actually got science on our side and that's one of the things that has really kind of pushes this stuff and that's the way they convince employers to kind of roll this stuff out is to say yeah you know well we've got all this data about the fact that stress kind of hits your bottom line in all this kind of way from economists, but we've also got these neuroscientists and psychiatrists who will actually endorse the fact that actually a two-minute kind of exchange of text messages from someone with someone in Colombia who's working on two dollars an hour or whatever it is is actually going to kind of get them back to work more productive instantly. And and these people are doing this stuff; they're not doing it publicly, but it's the same kind of uh, circuit of expertise, just like the economists who were basically doing work for banks pre pre two thousand eight, saying that your products are safe, and then advising credit rating agencies the same thing. You now have a circuit of psychologists and psychiatrists who are making similar sums of money by doing the same thing in this kind of what you could call a kind of neuro-industrial complex that Mm. has developed. So those people have got a lot to answer for as well. Hello, I'm Jeff Science, and I approve this message. <laughs> well, uh, just to close out this segment, I, I, I was searching for some more stuff on Ginger, and I found a review of Ginger, I, uh, Ginger the company, on a site called realwaystoearnmoneyonline.com. Um, mm. <laughs> and Seems it, legit. The title of the article is, Work at Home in the Mental Health Industry. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, tired yeah. of being a horny mom in someone's area <laughs> <laughs> who makes yeah. $500 a month from home. <laughs> just do- googling oh shit. Just yeah, yeah. just desultorily telling people, "Nah, it's fine." What if your boss is like your friend or whatever? Uh, and you want uh, $500 fine. a day. Do you want to have no strings attached sex now we're done with the therapy? <laughs> uh, no, they don't do that. Okay. So that was Ginger. Um and I'd like to shift gears a little bit. You have to contact the delivery guys for that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I'd like, to, I'd like to shift gears a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would indeed. Uh, welcome to a drastic. Welcome to the drastic change in tone siren. Um, <laughs> so we're also here to talk a little bit about your book, Will, which has been out for a while. And yeah. there's a very good in-depth conversation that you have with Alex Doherty on politi- politics theory other, which right. if you want to hear a detailed conversation about the theory and the details of, of the book and how it proceeds, I suggest you listen to. There were actually uh, well, two episodes, actually. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a, t- it's a two-parter. Fans. It's a two-parter mm-hmm. for the heads, for the Will heads out there. Um <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to sort of summarize it, summarize some of the core arguments of like how it works, mm. and then we're going to play with applying some of its concepts to the world of late 2019, which is mm. considerably different from the <laughs> from the from the nostalgic uplands of early 2019. <laughs> Damn! Remember those halcyon days? Yeah, Theresa May. Yeah. So yeah. this. Um, <laughs> 
This book is in called Nervous States, How Feeling Took Over the World. And number one, Will, just to start us off, hmm. I've heard facts don't care about my feelings. Has Ben Shapiro <laughs> misled me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was one of the... So, I mean, the book came about because the, the sort of storm of 2016 of, of, of a sort of panic around what was happening to facts. And uh, and yeah, you're, you know, the, the Ben Shapiro position on on, on snowflakes and, and campus free speech wars and all that kind of stuff had been raging, obviously, for a, for a while. Um, one thing which I thought was kind of missing from a lot of those debates about post-truth and these sorts of panics was any sort of historical or, or, or much philosophical understanding of what they were trying to defend in the first place. I mean, uh, so that's one of the things I try to do in the book is, is to show that actually facts are uh, quite kind of difficult things to uh, assemble and organize and 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 produce in the first place and they require uh, quite a lot of work you know they are social constructs just as someone like Ben Shapiro might fear um and mm-hmm. um just as the the particular conditions can exist for you know creating so what are you talk about sort of you know why do economic facts no longer seem to kind of work to win arguments in the same way anymore like you know gdp growth and unemployment and this sort of stuff is that when society changes the way in which we try and kind of grasp reality changes. Um, and one of the main arguments in the book is that the spread of digital technology um, in our economy and our society over the last 20 years has meant that we have an increasingly real-time understanding of, 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 of what reality consists of, which means that how we sense the world um, with our um, in, in a, in a um, uh, both a, a sort of physical way an emotional way um, a sentimental way it has become a kind of all important way of, of, of how we understand the world um, and so in that sense facts have been sort of usurped in certain respects which doesn't mean that they they no longer count or are no longer true in certain ways you've heard it here first folks facts no longer true <laughs> Um, so I think this, that's a very, that's a very good way to start about like how, um, the, the idea even that of a fact is something that's much more contentious than someone like Ben Shapiro might like to claim it is because for him, um, the facts are just the stuff he likes and his feelings about the world. Like, um, to Ben Shapiro, it's a fact that Palestinians love living in an open air prison. They just can't get enough of it. And the reason (laughs) that they love it is because they currently are. And, and they get it, to fly all those kites and tie yeah, rope to fence. They get to fly kites and rope do rope tie defense. Um, and uh, for us saying that, like you know, there is an occupation of Palestine. Well, that's a feeling. That's an emotion because it's something he doesn't mm. like. And yeah. before we sort mm. of go into some of the more theoretical workings, I think one of the core takeaways of this book is that a lot of the things that have been heralded as the uh, as the enlight- tradition of enlightenment reason and all of mm. these very high-flown forms of empiricism or whatever, rather than b- it being um, sort of more true than anything else, it's just the sort of the feelings of the ruling class which have been turned into universalisms, uh, which I, is something I took from it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that, um, and I don't, I barely, I don't really sort of um, talk about the Enlightenment as such much in the book. I mean, there's obviously, you know, there is this whole kind of, I guess, what came out of the New Atheist movement of the of the sort of early two thousands of of Dawkins, Hitchens, and Kahn, which so on, so which is now kind of in the age of social media, has, has sort of turned into the kind of dark web people of of, <laughs> of um, uh, Stephen Pinker and, and and Peterson and so on, who have sort of now sort of you know claimed to be sort of warriors for for Enlightenment values and so 
certain respects and it's all kind of gone a bit kind of absurd in lots of ways whereas i suppose what i i was sort of interested in doing in the book was was showing that um i mean i think so expertise i mean experts are um necessarily a uh a, a, a minority group who produces claims about the world that people uh, have to um, accept or are expected to accept more broadly. Um, and this sort of, um, this is a, a, a political settlement, which is that we will uh, respect the authority of certain types of small mainly self-selecting, self-appointed groups to tell us how the world is in certain ways. Now, this is absolutely crucial, and it's crucial, I think I think it's more crucial to the left than it is to the right, actually, that this, this thing works, because the left depends on being able to take control of things like the economy, and right now, even more of an emergency, things like um, uh, uh, the energy um, infrastructure of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, it's absolutely crucial that people who actually are able to sort of grasp how these sorts of systems work in their entirety are listened to and taken seriously because if all we do is just sort of you know rely on sort of folk wisdom of of people who say well it doesn't look that way to me like the president of the united states Mm. um then 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 we really are quite fucked but we also have to recognize that that uh, authority of those small largely self-appointed self-selecting groups to be taken seriously in public debates is a political achievement it's not something which is just sort of god-given or sort of came about because you know um sort of white bourgeois men in the 18th century were just intrinsically superior than others it was something that was um uh, that, that was established partly through violence partly through um uh, uh, economic and political power um the, the sort of ambivalence that I think many people on the left feel towards expertise right now is that on the one hand we can see quite how um, sort of um, how much privilege there is in, in, in invested in it uh, also quite how much violence um, was involved in its foundation and its in its development but also quite how dependent we are on it right now to get out of a, a of a catastrophic situation uh, with with our climate and with our economy <laughs> Thank you.